This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm Brian Ray, Billy Bob Jr., Sr., Sue, uh, the third. Yeah, right. Okay. So Brian Levine is here. <laughs> <laughs> Back again. <laughs> That's right. And for context, if you haven't listened to uh, last week's episode uh, or the first travel episode with Brian Levine, be sure to uh, to check that out. We are in the midst of a travel series as John David is out uh, taking care of his wife and his newborn. And, uh, you know, we wish them the best and, and look forward to his triumphant return to, re- return to Country Square Radio. But until then, we have the extremely qualified, the insanely uh, a well-sounded and well-rounded and well-compounded uh, uh, guest host of Brian Levine of Pipes Magazine Radio joining us. Uh, Brian, how you doing today, man? I'm getting rounder and rounder because I just love eating all the baked goods. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's yeah. what you got to do. Yeah. Actually, I, this morning I took my uh, my daughter to a, a French restaurant and uh, and she, she experienced a croissant, like a legit, like, you know, buttery pastry croissant for the first time. And it was love at first bite. Oh, oui, oui, monsieur. Oh, oh ha, ha, ha. it oh, is yeah. appropriate because of what we are going to talk about today, Brian. Yes, but you know, <laughs> b- before we get started, you know, I feel I feel somewhat um, somewhat responsible for the fact that uh, John David's out having a baby. Well, actually, John David, wait, wait, what? <laughs> he's not having the baby. His family is growing. There you go. Uh, because the uh, you know, because the last time when we did the uh, when we did the Christmas mashup, which was by far one of my favorite episodes because yeah that was just so much fun uh you know i said you know here i am the the father of older children that you know i can remember on christmas's traditions past and you with your young kids you have current christmas traditions and then there's john david with no kids uh, and so i'm thinking <laughs> you think we guilted him into having kids i'm thinking the timing is pretty darn close if you ask me i'm just saying you know, it's the it's the holidays. You know, season of uh, of love and and surrounding. What's the uh, what's the old Kermit the Frog song? Or, um, Come Father's Day, the litter bug's gonna catch you. Yeah, that and why is it to- so tough to be green? Uh, uh, yeah, that is not that is not the name of the song. <laughs> it, it ain't easy being green. Listen, yeah. Jim Henson is a Mississippi classic. You get you get your Jim Henson references right, sir. <laughs> well, Jim Henson is now owned by the Disney Company. Um, All right. Well, yeah. that's going to come into play later on in the episode. But, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, of course, Brian Levine is back and uh, and talking travel, uh, specifically pipe travel here at Country Squire Radio. Last uh, episode that we did, we talked about travel in the Caribbean. And, uh, you know, it, it was interesting, man. I, you know, I went into that discussion very kind of curious because I hadn't really thought of it as kind of a major pipe place. And as we kind of learned, it, it's not necessarily, but, you know, oh. you by your very presence can make it a pipe place, yep. which is great if you, uh, you know, if you prepare uh, accordingly and uh, make sure for uh, a great, pleasant pipe uh, stay while you're there. Today, we're, we're going across the pond, as it were to uh western europe which is a very different kind of change of pace when we're talking about pipes exceedingly different change of pace because you're now we're going back to the birthplace of pipe smoking and putting tobacco into a vessel and igniting it uh (laughs) as opposed to the birthplace of where tobacco is from sure yeah yeah modern pipe smoking really kind of became refined 
in Western Europe, uh, one might say. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you know, we, we did our, uh, very recently, we did an episode on, uh, Sir Walter Riley. Yeah. Raleigh. Don't fight, fight me, fight me. No, Ra- I'm just kidding. Raleigh. <laughs> Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, as one of our, uh, pipe pirates and, uh, and kind of did uh, some digging there. So if you hadn't uh, checked that out, be sure to do so. But, um, yeah, why don't you give us kind of a, a brief, a quick and dirty history of uh, pipe smoking in Western Europe. I mean, a lot of this is going to be about, you know, today, if you were to, to hop on over to the pond or uh, over the pond rather to, uh, to Western Europe. But I mean, like for context, what, what is kind of the, the history of pipe smoking in Western Europe? Yeah. So we, we really, you know, find that the, that the clay pipes and the, and the porcelain pipes and, and other wood devices, those are modifications of what we see uh, of what, Western Europeans see the American native, the native Americans doing with tobacco. And, you know, they come over in the 1500s, 1600s and start meeting these people. And you have, uh, you know, Pocahontas and you have a slightly distorted version of that as a Disney movie. Uh, But then you see the Europeans start to adapt it into uh, porcelain, clay, some uh, some woods, and then you get the birth of Meerschaum as the premier uh, pipe smoking device. And then in the 1850s, 1860s, uh, there's an accidental shipment of wood to St. Claude, France. And this wood is from the the white heath bush. And it's called, uh, you know, it's called Briar. And they said, well, all right, we got this wood. We got to try something with it. And. Well, you know, in in my best friend in my best French accent, they probably said, uh, "Gosh, golly, gee, this here's done goodly." Like, um, right, right, and, just just like a Frenchman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, it's rural France. Um, <laughs> and, and then by the eighteen in the eighteen sixties, you have the birth of the modern briar pipe in Saint Claude, France. Yeah, in the French Alps. And then it spreads like wildfire to the point where most of the briar pipe production by, you know, 40, 50 years later is happening in England. Uh, And you've got just incredible pipe history and pipe tobacco history in Western Europe. Uh, You you know, you get the Italian, the, the renaissance of Italian pipe makers after World War II. Uh, you get the Danes who really innovate and create the pipe as a piece of art in the uh, you know post World War II. Mm-hmm. This is all going on there, and now you know, contrary to what some of my friends at uh, Sutliff Tobacco might say, but yeah, I think about seventy-five to eighty percent of all the pipe tobacco manufactured in the world is manufactured on the smaller of the two main islands of the country of Denmark, uh, where really? I was just I just was there. Uh, yeah. it, it's the island of Funen or Fune, as they call it. The main town there is Odense, which is the birthplace of Hans Christian <laughs> Andersen. And you have Scandinavian Tobacco Group's largest pipe tobacco factory there and McBaron's largest pipe tobacco factory there. And this is the of the major of the major islands, the two big ones of Denmark. This is the smaller of the two. Interesting. Just a ton of pipe and tobacco heritage in Western Europe. So, you know, as somebody who, you know, um, has had the ability to uh, to travel and to, to hit these 
various spots and locations. And as a doctor of pipes and, uh, you know, a Titan in the industry that you are, you know, I know when you're going across Europe, you're not necessarily just going to, uh, you know, to uh, do the whole Audrey Hepburn type situation where you just kind of, you know, throwing throwing your hair to the wind if you still had it. You know, you're not doing that. I'm just, <laughs> I I'm threw just my hair to the wind. <laughs> it didn't connect. <laughs> you're going and you're checking out the the pipe seed. So I have only been ever to, I mean, out in Europe to to London, and had some great experiences with some amazing pipe shops and brought back some wonderful uh, Baker's tobacco. But uh, you know, what what would you say? Like like, what are some of your main highlights? I mean, like, it, it, I almost kind of feel like there's so many different locations here to talk about should we just like run down the line like should we just start with for example uh france and go from there yeah i mean we can uh, do it in alphabetical order or geographic order or we can do it in our american order of whatever comes next let's do that one yeah uh, <laughs> all right so when you're in france yeah first of all I, I I tell this to everybody. I went to Paris for the first time begrudgingly because I had heard about the French and the Parisians and how they were rude and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And I found that to be absolutely wrong. It is the oh. most wonderful place to go if you just want to be left alone and sit and smoke your pipe. Uh, hey, the introvert's paradise. The French idea of customer service is when you want something you tell me and then i bring it to you and then if you want something more i you know you find me and i'll take care of that uh one of my favorite pipe smoking related memories a little nod back to my own show uh, is sitting at a sidewalk bistro cafe thing that is facing the back of the cathedral at Notre Dame uh, looking at the flying buttresses and the garden and the park that's back there sitting there drinking a beer and a glass of water with my wife drinking a soda, just watching people go by. And we sat there for an hour and a half and the guy never bothered us once. We, we bought wow. our first drinks, paid for them, sat down and it was just fascinating just to sit there and be in that spot. Uh, huh? And I smoked an entire bowl and a half of tobacco, drank a beer, drank a glass of water, uh, drank a bottle of water, and my wife had a Coke. And I think the uh, the equivalent in euros, it cost us like, you know, $12 for that hour and a half. Ooh, Wonderful. Nice. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, now, when you're in Paris itself, there's one great pipe shop. That's it. And that I found it's called Pipes du Nord, which is uh, Pipes of the North. Interesting. Now, when you say, I mean, you know, just to kind of clarify here, when you say pipe shop, you're talking about in terms of offering both pipes and pipe tobacco. Like, yeah. Like, would you find potentially another pipe centric shop, but not really good in terms of pipe tobacco? Or would you find pipe tobacco at other cigar shops or what? Because, you know, again, this is this is completely fresh context, especially for me, who's never been there. All right. So in Europe, you have uh, in, in most of Europe, you can qualify these these types of stores into a uh, into a specialist store or a tobacco shop. A gotcha. specialist is going to feature, you know, cigars or pipes and pipe tobacco or a combination of that premium stuff. The, the stuff that most of our listeners really like, you know, it's uh, the, the step above the hamster cage. Um, right. And yet, you're on every street corner in Europe. You're going to find a tobacco shop that is primarily cigarettes, roll your own candy, gum, 
soft drinks and may have some basic pipes some basic tobaccos and a simple assortment of cigars because huh. uh, okay. smoking is dramatically more prevalent in uh especially as we're talking about France, uh, smoking is more prevalent in France. It's more accepted. It's more respected as a tradition or as something that adults do. Uh, when I'm talking about one real pipe shop, Pipes du Nord is a pipe and tobacco shop, and they've got a great selection. Uh, and they're, uh, and anyway, for anybody that is a pipe buyer, it's well worth the visit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me drop this caveat on everybody first. Um, when I'm going to Europe for vacation with my wife, I'm really not focused pipe centric because I've done a lot of these pipe and tobacco shops on my own when I was going over there for work or sure, you know, whatever. So even on the most recent trip when we went to uh, uh, when we went to Amsterdam and then on to Denmark, uh, I spent a total of about. Uh, 45 minutes in two different tobacco shops out of 10 days. Right. That's all I need. Um, but I was looking in the windows and seeing what everybody identifies as. So uh, if you go to France and you want the pipe history tour, well, then you got to go to St. Claude, which is a small town in the French Alps. And I am almost ashamed to say that I've actually never been to St. Claude. Oh, um, but if you're going, there is uh, there's a museum there. There's a couple of pipe factories. You can reach out to the Chacombe factory, and I'm sure they'll give you a little visit. There's a pipe shop. Uh, there are candy stores, you know, cho- confectionaries that make chocolate and all kinds of stuff, and they make them in the shapes of pipes because the, the town celebrates its history in, in pipes and pipe tobacco. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, and again, the, so all around France, you're going to find all these wonderful sidewalk cafes. Uh, and again, uh, I, the last time we were in Paris, I found a Holiday Inn. Yes, a Holiday Inn, an American <laughs> brand, <laughs> a Holiday Inn that was a block and a half away from Notre Dame. And we booked a room that was a little bit extra price, but it had a balcony. And every morning while my wife was getting ready, I made my coffee in the room, went out on my balcony, and there was an ashtray right there, and I could sit out on the balcony and walk and watch the people of Paris running to and fro, getting ready, and hear the bells of Notre Dame as I'm sitting there smoking my pipe. Man, yeah, that's 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 the life right there. Uh, and we we would end the night the same way. This same hotel had a rooftop lounge, although the, we were there during the cold weather, so it wasn't open all the time. But you could go up onto the ninth uh, the ninth floor of this of this hotel stand up there, smoke. I could smoke my pipe and watch the lights of the Eiffel tower flashing around. So, you know, plenty of places where smoking is readily welcomed. Um, France, the, the pipe and tobacco buying is going to be a little pricier than some of the other countries in Europe because of taxes. And again, because of availability, but you're, you're going to find some, you're, when you go shopping there, you're going to find some tobaccos that you've never seen before either. So nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta go for that reason. If, if it's worth the price for that reason. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. And, and that, and you know, transitioning over to England when my daughter was at the, it was at Manchester metropolitan university for three months. And I went over there with her. Did you, uh, did you rock the, the where's Waldo garb? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not for Manchester. Yeah, no, 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 no. I tried to look very un-American. 
uh, <laughs> it's very hard for me. <laughs> um, but especially considering the minute I opened up my mouth, it didn't sound anything like a Manchester accent. Well, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to practice, don't you know? And then you uh, go over there and then they, uh, you cheer for Manchester and, and Johnny Good and crumpets and tea. And- oh, no, see, sir, you're, you, you are bringing in the London accent and, and the Manchester accent is much more cockneyed and a little bit brighter and louder. Oh, like Michael Caine, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. I'll say what you did there. All right, so if that case, you got to go over there and you got to be, uh, you know, just the way that they are over there. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think we've sufficiently offended everybody. So Oh, we, we got more to offend. Just wait till we get to Italy and Germany. Um, oh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, when I went to Manchester, I went and found the local tobacconist specialist shop and i walked in there and there were some rattrays blends that i'd never seen before one was called uh off the top of my head it was called sterling mixture or something like that uh and these are some tobaccos that are blended by you know whoever's making rattrays i think it's Kohlhaus and cop now in germany but they're blended to still represent some market tobaccos that used to be available in england under the rattrays name uh, so you're going to run into a whole bunch of stuff. The one thing that you will only find in England now uh, is there's, I believe, maybe four or five tobacconists left in England that are allowed to blend bulk tobaccos uh, because the bulk tobacco right, thing in the right, right, store right. blending that John David Cole does so well at that little rundown country squire shop that is actually really pretty and shiny. Um that's an American thing now. There's there's very few places. Everywhere else you go in Europe, you're looking at buying packaged tobacco in a in a in a, a weighed grammed pouch or tin or something. It's going to be packaged, except for a few spots in the UK and maybe a few. Uh, there, I think there's one spot that I still know of in Denmark where you can buy in store blended tobaccos. Uh, huh. You can't sample the stuff because they're not opening up a tin. And when you when you're in England and you're looking at a 50 gram pouch of tobacco, that's, you know, uh, 12, 13 pounds, which translates currently to about 17, 18 dollars. Uh, they're not really opening that up for you. So you. Right. So you talk with the tobacconist about what you like. You know, I remember so going to London and, um, you know, seeing kind of all the various tobaccos and uh, just the interaction was very different because I had such a, an American pipe buying, you know, or pipe tobacco buying shopping uh, experience. And especially with the Country Squire being as boutique and, you know, uh, kind of the mom and pop and feel like, yeah, go ahead, try that, you know, back when you could legally do that. Uh, you know, that, that it was it was odd. Like it was really I felt as though, and this is not this is not at all a critique on the pipe shop. This is really more about me as an uninformed shopper. Like I did feel very kind of out of place and almost nervous, not knowing what to, what questions to ask or what I could and could not do. Uh, but fortunately, you know the um, the the guy working the counter, he was not the owner of the shop, but was very very kind, very generous, very polite as they are. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, was very uh, uh, and helped out with everything. But I remember being a little taken back that I couldn't sample the tobacco. That was that was odd to me. Uh, and I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't want to be that American or anything like that. But I did. Uh, I was taken back that that that, 
that that was just not something that, that they did. No, you actually had to communicate with the tobacconist over what type of tobaccos you like and what they have that might fit that style uh, or, you know, what this was. And, and this is the thing that, that most Americans only get when they go into a real pipe and tobacco shop. You know, where the where the people actually smoke the pipe as opposed to going into a total tobacco shop where the guy knows that that's a round can with a black label and it costs that much. That's all he knows about it. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, right. So you so you source out the specialist tobacconist when you're overseas uh, and you'll you'll have a great experience uh, hmm. in London. There is a ton of different pipe related history, historical spots um unfortunately you know the great dunhill stores of old are gone uh you know the the great uh astley's shop is gone but you can go to that location the lowey's shop is gone but you can still go to that location on the burlington arcade um and and again when you're in england uh most of the pubs have some sort of semi-sheltered or somewhat protected area for smokers. Uh, and you'll, you'll be out there with your new friends, the cigarette smokers. Um, but again, they're, you know, it's perfectly comfortable for you to go in and order a pint of beer or even a soft drink. If you're not a, if you're not a drinker and nurse that pint for an hour or two while you're smoking your pipe. And they absolutely expect that. Uh, in in Manchester, my favorite place was the Lasso Gallery, which had, (laughs) which had a somewhat sheltered balcony over a river, uh, that had heaters when they turned them on. But in England, apparently they only turn the heaters on when it gets down below 40 or 50, (laughs) not when my American cold bones wanted it on at, you know, 60, (laughs) But still, you could sit out on these comfy chairs outside over the river and smoke and, you know, go back to the go back to the bar or, you know, and get a pint and go back there again. And um, that's really where I uh, refined my love of gins. And uh, John David and I have had several talks about this because England is the gin capital of the world. And <laughs> and there's a there's boodles of them there. I mean, oodles. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean Boodles actually they are based out of uh, out of there as if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, gin capital of the world. So Yeah, that's what you got to go. All right, all right. So that's London. Where where to next? Um uh, we can go down to Italy where Ah, uh, Italy. Um how you say I don't know an Italian accent. Uh hang on, maybe I can get there. I can get there. Um uh, it's a me, Mario. There, <laughs> there go. you go. It's really hard to do an Italian accent on a podcast because half the accent is with your hands flailing around in the air. <laughs> I am actively doing that. You know, funny enough, so I was in New York a while back uh, at an Italian restaurant with my sister, and we sat down. I was like, "Oh, it's a spicy meatball," and then like we got no service for like twenty minutes, <laughs> and she was just glaring at me, like, "Why did you do that? Why did you have to do the accent?" I was like, "I, I." didn't realize that they were paying attention bring me the pizza then the spicy meatball all right everybody there we go let's talk about pipe smoke in italy because that i also do have a little bit of experience in uh in traveling around florence and finding trying to find a decent uh, pipe shop to which 
Uh, it was a, it was hit or miss is what I kind of found. Yeah, it's hit or miss. And this is one of those, Italy's one of those countries where the pipe shop may not also sell tobacco. Uh, right, exactly. Because the license to sell tobacco is completely separate from the license to sell pipes and it's controlled differently. So you may have to go to one shop for the tobacco and then again, go to another shop for the pipes. Uh, right. And if you go into the shop that sells tobacco, they are going to have some representation of pipes uh, and probably some some nicer Savinelli's and you know some nicer local uh, Italian pipes. Uh, but when you when you find the specialist shops in Rome or in Milan or uh, even uh, there's one in uh, there's one outside of Venice that I didn't make it to when I was there because. Yeah, it was more fun to drink on the canals because um, <laughs> alcohol. Yeah, uh, but at the you know at the same time, when you go into these specialist pipe shops, they they'll have a whole bunch of high end handmade pipes and and pi- and stuff like that, but not a drop of tobacco nearby. So interesting. Yeah, okay. and again, when the last time I was in Italy, the the smoking culture was uh, it was a very welcoming culture of. You know, as long as you're outdoors, here's an ashtray. Uh, you know, wherever there's an ashtray, you can smoke your pipe. There was no signs anywhere where it would say no pipe or cigar smoking, but you can smoke a cigarette. It was like you're smoking, you're smoking. Smoke. Just, you know, do it right here. Don't do not do it inside. Uh, right. And when you're in Italy, uh, especially in the Milan area or northern Italy, there is a ton of pipe factories, including Savinelli is up there. Costello is up there and I'm pretty sure you can reach out through their, uh, through their agents or representatives and maybe get a visit or, you know, depending on the time of the year, uh, go in and see what they're doing. Um, I believe there is a Savinelli store in Milan that you can actually go into that they own. Uh, but again, it's just a, yeah, it's a great country that really appreciates the length of a meal and a meal is an event. When you go out, uh, yeah, do not expect to sit down for a meal in Italy and be out of there in less than two hours. Because even a, a served lunch is two, two and a half hours. Uh, the country, most of the country, except in the big cities, still kind of shuts down in the middle of the day. Uh, and then when you go to dinner, dinners are even longer. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and it, it is, you know, so it, it is interesting because you mentioned it's the, the big city life is different than kind of some of the smaller towns in Italy. Uh, yeah. Cause the smaller towns I found really like when you say shut down, they shut down. There's nobody on the streets. Uh, nothing's going on. But if, if you are in kind of the larger city, it's, you know, traffic is less in the middle of the day, but it's still, it's still, you know, it's, it's not totally as dead as if you were saying like a, a smaller town. Yeah. And, and let me give my, my one word of advice for an American that doesn't, that doesn't speak a lot of, you know, a lot of foreign languages or isn't fluent in anything, especially American. Uh, right. You know, I don't speak English. I speak American and I don't speak it so goodly either. Uh, <laughs> the, the large cities in Europe, the major cities in Europe, everybody speaks a little bit of English enough English for you to get by without any problems whatsoever. 
uh, in Amsterdam recently. There was more English spoken in Amsterdam than I've heard in Los Angeles where I grew up. Uh, so it's easy to get around there. My my suggestion is though is if you're going to if you're going to one of these countries that has a foreign language like Italy or France, learn the basics. You know, learn a mm-hmm. basic grazie or ciao or you know a merci and understand when to when to put boku on the end of merci. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, I I don't know that. Oh, okay. When when is it okay? When 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 do you put merci boku? <clears throat> that one versus just the other merci. So as I understand it, merci is just the common thank you. It's the simple, you know, hell, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, merci, merci. Yeah, perfect. Boku is when it's something a little more extraordinary. It's the thank you very much, or yeah, it's the my pleasure, or if you use it sometimes the wrong way, if you come straight out with it, it can be somewhat insulting and a turnoff to the French speaker because you've just topped them real quick. Hmm. So... It's merci, merci, and sometimes they'll respond back with boku simply, and that means the all the mercies are over now. <laughs> Interesting. So, how do you say where's the, where? Where can I get a where can I get piped back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in uh, well, in the United States, you can say uh, in in English. Um, so you learn you know simple things like in Italy, it's uh, it's uh, pipa tobacco. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, you'd, I remember seeing that on some signs. Yeah, in in France, it's peep. You know the peep. Yeah, the peep. The the uh, peep du Nord is peep du Nord. Yeah, peep du Nord. Or okay. you just simply say tobacco, and people will understand tobacco. Uh, it's an it's an international. That's an international word. Uh, huh. In okay. uh, Danish, it's tabac. Uh, tobacco, yeah, tobacco. I, I now I want a study of like the Latin root for the word tobacco, especially since you know tobacco didn't necessarily originate in <laughs> uh, the the Latin countries. So that that's odd that there's such a universal uh, connection. You better find some people smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be one for when John David's back, or if I can find a linguist. By the way, if you're a linguist and a pipe smoker, write in the yeah. show. <laughs> you yeah. can help us out. Um, Italy has uh, when you're shopping in Italy, the prices on tobacco are fairly are, are fairly competitive to the rest of Europe. Uh, some are a little bit better, but you're going to find that in Italy, there's going to be dramatically more aromatics than you'll find in France or in the UK, uh, just because that's their style. Uh, okay. And then when you go up into Germany, you're going to find even more aromatics. But the pricing in Europe, so the the two countries that I like to shop for tobacco in in Europe or Germany and Spain. And I've only been in the airport in Spain for three and a half hours. And it was a wonderful three and a half hours. Uh, huh. Just the weather was beautiful. And the, the okay. airport in Barcelona has this big, like two acre outdoor smoking area that in the middle of it has a coffee shop. <laughs> huh. like, nice. I'll just stay here for a week. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh man. It was yeah. the end of yeah, summer yeah. and people were coming back from the south of Spain on their summer vacations and heading home and they were all tanned and young and beautiful and I was old and tired and it was wonderful. You were the spectator, not the uh the spectator. Yeah, I might have been the spectator <laughs> though. Uh, that's that is yeah. true. Now when you and when you go into Germany, you will find a little bit more restrictive smoking laws depending on the city and the and the state in Germany. 
as far as like a uh, a yeah. A, a patio where there's food service. You may run into some of those that are not smoking, but at the same time in Germany, you may also run into some indoor smoking lounges still that are, Oh wow. That are club membership or they've gotten an exemption for X amount of square feet of their indoor area that is just dedicated to smoking. No workers can go in there, but you can go grab your drink and take it in there. Uh, and you just have to you just have to uh, you have to look around and find them. Or when you get to you know when you get to your hotel, you ask if there is a smoking room somewhere nearby. Uh, I found one in Hamburg that was absolutely wonderful, uh, and I would love to go back. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's been three and a half four years. And Hamburg is again it's a it's a great little town to walk around in. I was in Hamburg about uh, about six months after all the U.S. Starbucks announced that they were going smoke-free on their patios. Oh, interesting. And yeah. I was at a Starbucks in Hamburg smoking a, smoking my pipe and drinking a, cu- a cup of coffee and watching all the other people in Germany sitting out there smoking and thought, <laughs> well, they ain't doing that here because this place will go out of business. <laughs> Uh, right, there was nobody right. sitting inside. Everybody was outside, and it was the end of September. Uh, huh. And then probably my favorite country to actually smoke a pipe in is the one that I've been to the most, and that's Denmark. Uh, in in Denmark, they've got you know just a a great history of pipe smoking. You will you are more likely to see another pipe smoker on the street in Denmark than any other country in Europe because they still have a great heritage of pipe smokers. Uh, They still have, I posted pictures from my last trip. They still have those licorice, uh, the licorice pipes and they call them skipper pipes and they still sell them as candy for kids. They, you know, they they don't care. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. That is so foreign. Yeah, Like that. It's such a foreign concept. Yeah, Yeah. Well, that's why it's a whole different country. Uh, yeah but and at the same time in denmark there are exemptions for indoor smoking rooms uh and you can find them you just have to ask around i know there's a couple in copenhagen in the little tiny town of svenborg where i was for the wedding and where mcbaron is based there the town is twenty five thousand people i think there's probably another 30,000 on the outer farming areas around it. And Svenborg is kind of the base for it or the center for that area. There's two indoor smoking pubs. <laughs> now you got to go get your drinks from a bar and bring it back. But when sure. you're in Denmark and the weather is, you know, about two weeks out of the year, the weather's nice. The other 50, you, you really not, you don't want to be outside that much. Uh, it's nice to go get one of these, to go find one of these pubs where you can sit inside, smoke your pipe, and they nobody looks at you any different. It's just casual, normal. Uh, <laughs> great, you know, there's it's, great pipe and tobacco shops in Denmark because of the parent companies that are based there that sell tobacco all over, you know, all over the country. So you you will find some stuff that you can't find in other places. Uh, you'll find some blends that are not available anywhere else. So go shopping. But again, you're in that uh, in all of Europe. You're in that situation where there is no sniffing and smelling and looking at first. You need to talk to the tobacconist about what do I like. 
Hmm. Man, you know, it's, it's wild because, you know, you, 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 we, we oddly enough lumped in all of our, you know, these different countries as part of kind of that Western Europe pipe smoking experience. But the reality is, is as you pop over from country to country to country, it's a, it's a different experience each time. Yeah. It's a different experience. It's a completely different culture in each, in each area. Uh, in well, yeah. Germany, if you're going there, seventy five percent of the pipes that you'll see for sale are nine millimeter filter pipes, and ninety nine percent of the ninety eight percent of the tobacco will be heavy aromatics because that's what they smoke. Huh? Uh, yeah. You know, whatever's good with beer. Yeah. Well, and the, <laughs> oh, God, oh, the beer is just so good wherever you go because it was made Man. like three days ago, and it. Well, see, here's the beautiful thing. I'll tell you what's good no matter where you go. And that's a good quality corncob pipe from our friends at Missouri Beer Shop. Because no matter what country you're enjoying your pipe tobacco in, you can guarantee that it'd always be a great, consistent smoke with a Missouri Beer Shop pipe. Like the Franklin corncob pipe, which is their 150th anniversary pipe. You ever smoked? Uh, have you have you picked up Franklin yet? I, Brian, I Brian? haven't. And, and you, you know, because I haven't seen them since Chicago. And that was a quick little hit when I saw them. So... Yeah, well, they're going quick. If you haven't gotten yours yet, you need to. It's uh, again, they're commemorating the 150th anniversary of Missouri Meerschaum. It's kind of a bulldog-shaped pipe, very, very unique. Uh, it's been one that uh, you know a lot of people have wanted to see a return of kind of a bulldog-style corn cob, and a very, very unique cut to it. And uh, yeah, available at corncobpipe.com. If you've got one, be sure to smoke it this week. Take a picture of yourself doing so. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know you appreciate them for sponsoring this. Take show. it to Europe with you and get a picture of it with every pint of beer that you have. Because ev- everywhere you go in Europe, when you order a pint of draft beer, they bring it to you in the branded mug that that beer gave to the pub. Nice. So you got the branded mug and the branded yeah. pipe. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Pipe Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week coming at you here for Brian Levine from me. That's right. Oh boy. Yeah. I remember (laughs) the last one that hurt. It was a good one. And you know what? I think I want to kind of follow it up in a uh, futurist fashion. So we talked about the weird things that you've seen, uh, in in the industry before, and some weird things that are going on right now. Where do you think the like? What are some uh, weird projections uh, for for weird trends that we see in the future? Like, what do you see coming on the horizon, or what wild speculation do you have for where the pipe industry is going in fifty years from now? Well, <laughs> in, in terms of trends, like specifically, like you know, this that somebody will try this and it'll like catch off, and then. You know, we'll never hear from it again. Uh, so then the the next trend that I see that I think will be weird and coming down the road is as tobacco becomes more expensive and as availability trims down to just more and more specialist places, I think we are going to see, and we saw this probably 60, 70, 80 years ago, but I think we're going to see single bowl size servings 
So, oh, interesting. Okay, look in the history books, and you'll see where Alfred Dunhill sold a pre-wrapped cartridge of tobacco. Where you unwrapped it, you shoved it in your pipe, and it fit perfectly. It was a single serving, all ready to go. Now it didn't work so well because of packing techniques and stuff like that. But I think that the entire uh, keep in mind the the history over the last. 40 years or 50 years of pipe smoking has been it's gone from uh, from a guy smoking all day long everywhere he went anytime he wanted to and smoking about a pound a week to that same person maybe smoking two or three bowls a week. Uh, and that's, that's something like, uh, you know, what our shows are is kind of for those people that don't have somebody to sit and smoke with, it's kind of a time for them to sit down during the week and, put their podcast on, light up their pipe. And it may be most of them maybe only smoke two or three times a week, but it's a sit down in the evening kind of thing. Sure. So we're going from technically what I called a high volume, low margin market to a low volume, high margin market. And I think you're going to see pack sizes of tobaccos get smaller to the point where you're going to be able to eventually come in and buy, you know, like a bowl full of this and a bowl full of that and a bowl full of this. And you'll be able to just drop it right in your pre in your pipe that's formed for that right size. So how's that like, for a weird trend? That is a weird trend. I wonder how you, so how would you package that? You wrap it in paper and then put it in plastic or you package it, you know, blister packs. Um, at one point I had toyed around with, remember those push-up pops that you had as a kid? <laughs> are, you, are you with me on the, the little plastic yeah. on the side and you had to pop the straw off and hook it into the bottom and then you pushed it up and you kept eating it as you go? Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. You could almost get a preformed push-up pop of that that would just push it right push up it in the bowl. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You need to, I, I I don't dislike the concept from a mechanical standpoint, although it's hard for me to not see just this plastic orange looking thing, uh, you know, <laughs> stuff with tobacco, it just being the weirdest thing on the planet. That being said, if you had some sort of like, you know, uh, metallic, um, steampunk esque device that, uh, people could kind of like, <laughs> you know, like line up with their bowl and just, or something of that nature. I could actually see that happening. <laughs> Maybe you have a Keurig machine that's converted and you put the pod in there and that it, 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 you push down on it and it warms the tobacco and injects it right into your bowl and pre-chars it for you. And then you pull it out and you're ready to go. Well, here you go. Here we go. All right. So you got rope tobacco, right? So you put yeah. rope tobacco through this kind of machine that grinds it, like that chops it, separates it, puts some air into it, and then dispenses a like the perfect like bowl amount size. And so it just <laughs> feeds that rope right on through there whenever you're ready to smoke your tobacco. Or here in the U.S., and this is just dreadful to think of, but it could be such a it, smoking could become such a taboo that the only way to get tobacco is to grow it yourself. And then you have to buy this machine that creates the little the, the little pod that you put it in and blend it and do everything to it. And it just shoots it right into your bowl. <laughs> we come full circle and mechanical. Yep. There you go. And I remember, remember I have always said tobacco is never going to be cheaper and more available than it is now. And that's why I have stockpiled a hoard of tobacco that my wife looks at and thinks that I'm absolutely nuts. But, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know where that frog warden is. I, I know nothing of what you speak of this frog. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Uh, great question that I presented to you. I'm very proud of myself for that. But hey, if you want to send us over some pipe questions, be sure to do so. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the Squire. Quick fire questions. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, it. I got a new one this time. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Quick fire questions. Oh, yeah. Somehow worse. I, I <laughs> definitely more disturbing. That's uh, that goes without saying. Uh, all right, man. So as uh, as with the uh, the part one of this series, I'm I'm continuing on with the you know the Disney inspired quick fire questions. We've got a uh, Disney aficionado here on the mic, and so we would be a uh, 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 you know it'd be a, a vast mistake if we did not dive in here. But here's the deal. Disney has, while been around forever, in the recent years, they have been acquiring franchises left and right. Uh, (laughs) What I've got for you is I'm pitting two different characters, Disney now owned characters against each other, uh, none of which are classic Disney characters. So you are going to be like serenely out of your element. Are you ready? I may may have to Google real quick, but go ahead. I think you'll be fine. Uh, Iron Man versus Darth Vader. Oh, I'm I'm a huge uh, Robert Downey Jr. fan. Yeah. So you're going to go with Iron Man? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, just if you haven't seen his portrayal of of Charlie Chaplin, oh, you've got to. It's a it's it's just when did that come out? Uh, Back when you were very, very young and I was normal aged, uh, probably 20 years ago. Okay, Uh, but he did the biopic of Chaplin and played Charlie Chaplin from young to old. And it's. You know, it, it's pre Robert Downey Jr. meltdown uh, and several arrests and stuff. Right, uh, right, right. But it is just a. It, it's one of those movies that you know the the minute the VCR died and DVDs were out, I was like, okay, I got to buy this one on DVD. Interesting. Uh, I got to pick that. Yeah, up. yeah. So I would go with Iron Man purely because of who portrays him and uh, and all the uh, and all the love for Tony Stark. Interesting. All right. So if you're going based on who portrays him, which I was not, but you I mean you're talking James Earl Jones. That's that's a he's a heavyweight in the industry as well. You get uh uh the baseball corn movie, the the field of dreams. There we yeah. go. <laughs> baseball corn he's, he's Mufasa and he made me feel again. By the way, you talk about generational uh stuff. Uh we I took my kids to see the new um Lion King. Yeah, the live action Lion the, King with the, all the CGI. Right. Sorry. The quote unquote live action Lion King. I actually enjoyed it. I did not really like it got a lot of hate, but I actually really enjoyed it. And I will say this. There is a moment in your life where <laughs> that I ran into, which is when I first saw the Lion King as a kid, I, I you know, connected with Simba. This time around, I'm connecting with Mufasa. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, wow. All right. That's a. Uh, Time, time is the times has changed a little bit. Here. <laughs> makes you makes you want to keep an eye on your brother, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, well, you just yeah, but that's a good point. <laughs> if if I ever die. Uh, speaking of that, since I was in Denmark, Kronborg Castle in Helsingor is where Hamlet was kind of based, and where Shakespeare kind of got the idea for the for the play. For the Hamlet. Lion King. Oh yes, and the Lion King is the Hamlet story. So that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And I smoke right. sitting outside of there. Both characters are iconic. If we're talking about versus in terms of a fight, uh, Darth Vader, if it's uh, short range, Iron Man, if it's long range. 
Darth Vader lost to a very untrained Jedi named Luke Skywalker in a battle because he kind of gave into it. Well, that's 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 debatable. Let's keep going. Luke Skywalker versus Captain America. Oh, I'm Luke Skywalker. Can a lightsaber cut vibranium? That's the question. Well, all right. Here's another question. What's vibranium? Oh, oh is that what it's shield? That's Cap's shield. Yeah, man. It's the toughest metal in the Marvel universe so far. Well, there'll be a tougher metal created somewhere down the road. Don't worry probably. about it. That's that's probably true. Well, let's put it this way. Lightsabers are selling at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge now for $200. I don't think a Captain America shield is selling for more than 50 or 60. Google search Captain America shield authentic. Uh, let's see. What you got? What you got? Here we go. $500 for Captain America shield metal. That's not an authorized product. That's I'm not talking about the little, little plastic thing. I'm talking about like, you know, all right. Hasbro. Here we go. Hasbro, Marvel legends, Avengers, $139.99. All right. So anyway, uh, yes. thank you very much. Next. <laughs> thank you. I left my case. All right. Um, I think it all depends. If you believe the lightsaber can cut through uh, vibranium, then Luke wins. If you think the vibranium will hold up to a lightsaber, then Captain America wins. That's how I'm sidestepping that one. Uh, next one, Leia versus Black Widow. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. But, um, well, you know, look, I'm older than you are. I saw every Star Wars movie on opening day or before, even in 1977. That that there was a very transformative moment in my life when I saw Slave Leia in that metal bikini on uh, on uh, on Jabba's you know, in Jabba's palace and on the on the barge. Um, Carrie Fisher was a first crush for an entire generation. Carrie Fisher was a first crush for an entire generation, and then and yeah, I'll I'll tell this story really quick because. There was a guy named Eddie Fisher who was a performer in Las Vegas and you know, Eddie Fisher married Debbie Reynolds and, you know, and, and he was hanging out at the MGM Grand when I was peddling cigars there and helping them out. They said we need cigars for somebody and they told me what kind. I brought them over and I presented the cigars and it was Eddie Fisher and he started talking to me about cigars. A couple hours later, I meet back up with him after work because he invited me to come and sit and have a cigar with him. So I'm sitting and having a cigar with Eddie Fisher, who I'm not putting two and two together yet, right? I'm not doing the math. He says, I'll be back in town in a couple of weeks, and I'd love to visit with you. I said, great. So, again, I get ready for the cigars that he likes when he's in town. Right. He says, you know, come and meet me for this before I have dinner with my family. I said, okay, great. So I'm hanging out with him, sitting there with drinks, and his family comes over, and his family is Carrie. And I was ah! sitting there. I just did the math what? in my head. And this what? was no Google. This is 1995. There is no Google. Right. Yeah. And now I'm face to face with Carrie Fisher and, and yeah. So princess Leia all the way. I don't care who it is. Um, except for maybe Sandra Bullock. <laughs> all right. Look, that's a pretty incredible story. I, I'll give it to you on that one. Uh, plus Leia, you know, if, if we're talking again, if we're talking to fight, um, I, it, it flips up here. Actually, if it's ranged, mm. Leia was a pretty, she was a crack shot. If you recall, she was, uh, she's pretty handy with the blaster. Um, we never saw her do Kung Fu. So if it's ranged, I'm giving it to Leia. Uh, if it's close up, I think Black Widow is probably going to, you know, do the roundhouse kick, you know, thing. And, and Leia was a general of an entire army. 
Yeah. So if we're talking older Leia, then that's totally different because not only would she be like a general of an entire army, she'd also be, you know, using the force and such. So older Leia versus Black Widow, it's not even a thing. Leia wins. She, she was the princess of of this entire army, even in younger what, life. What planet? What planet? <laughs> On Hoth. No, she, Alderaan. She was, uh, her, she was the princess of Alderaan, but Alderaan got destroyed. Yeah, well, that was an oops. All right, uh, here's, here's the last one. All right, this okay. one, uh, this one's, this one's good. Thanos versus the Emperor. Oh boy, um, I don't care. Is that an answer? Oh come uh, on! This is these are two of the most evil, powerful individuals in their franchises. They are the man's behind the curtains and such. Yeah, but I got very little experience with Thanos because I haven't seen many of the Marvel movies really. Any uh, except for the what's that Guardians one? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I you know I'll just go with the Emperor right. because you know he manipulated himself from a nobody into a senator into the Supreme Chancellor into the Emperor and then you know got killed by little by little Luke possibly we'll yeah. find out shortly. Oh yes, yes. All right, look. Back. So he's got the political know-how. He's got the political chops. That's good. I would say Emperor, unless Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, in which case it's really just Thanos is the answer to all the questions. So yeah, but see, he needs a he needs a prop to prop him up. The, hey man. the Emperor just needs his mind and and the Force. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's why without the prop, I'll give it to the Emperor. But yeah. with the Gauntlet, man, this this it's Thanos all the way. Well, anyway, those are our quick fire questions. Uh, quick fire questions are brought to us by the uh, awesome shirts available. CountrySquireOnline.com. Represent the Country Squire Radio with some Country Squire Radio shirts. Again, that is the Country Squire Online. Dot com and Mr. Brian Levine, of course, thank you for uh, for coming on this and last episode to uh, take us through uh, pipe smoking around the world. And uh, of course, no better person to do so because not only are you a great uh, industry uh, legend in and of yourself, but also you are a travel guru as well these days. So, uh, how can folks keep up with you? And and if say they want to visit these places or get their trips set or, or know how to uh, how to bring what pipes where and where to go shopping if they want to hit up all the best pipe shops across Western Europe. Uh, how do people reach out to you for that? So I, I am a, a legend in my own mind um, and and I am the leading expert on my own opinion. Uh, if you want to do anything travel wise, <clears throat> email me brian.levine at mei-travel.com. Find me on Facebook or Instagram I'll help you out with stuff. I think, you know, first of all, uh, there's, there's a, there's a couple of misnomers that are incorrect. There are some great cruise ships and cruising Europe is a wonderful way to see some of these cities with the comfort of your own two or 3000 room hotel following you everywhere you go. So you don't have to worry about packing and unpacking. Uh, there are some great ships that have wonderful, uh, wonderful smoking areas for pipe and cigars after, you know, after dinner, you can go there, you can go anytime during the day, but there are some cruise ships that I know that are better than others for those of us that enjoy a pipe and enjoy a cigar, uh, even Europe or the Caribbean, great cruise ships. And it's probably one of the most economical ways to see all these places that we've talked about. Uh, yeah, you may only get them for five or six or seven hours during the day, but still it's a taste tester for those that haven't been before. And you want that safety and security of knowing that you've got your own ship behind you that feeds you and handles all the travel stuff. Uh, even if you want to go to Disney, you know, 
Disney parks in the U.S. won't allow you to smoke in them. Uh, but there are some hotels that have better smoking areas than others. And there's a new uh, Avengers uh campus for you marvel fanatics that just got for those that did not tune out during our quick fire questions yes yes yeah i'm i'm again i'm guessing that that thanos guy might be an avenger something or whatever in the marvel world somewhere somehow move along move along yeah yeah sorry nothing to see here nothing to see here uh disneyland paris has some great smoking areas in it wonderful smoking areas because the french they love their tobacco uh, but yeah, anyway, email me, hit me up. If you, if you use me to book your trip, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you any more. If you don't use me to use, you know, at least use my advice and my opinion, and I'm happy to give it. All right, man. Well, hey, of course you can keep up with me as well. I'm on Twitter at the real Bo York. You can follow John David at, at John David Cole. Uh, of course, all that information and more can be found at countrysquareradio.com. Brian, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this series. And uh, man, we uh, we look forward to having you on when John David can join us. Bo, I got to say, you produce a a top quality show every week that I listen to everyone. And I look forward to Wednesdays when it comes out. And, you know, I, I kind of miss the live shows. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for having me on. I'm happy to pinch hit while uh, John David's learning how to diaper and, you know, which direction to powder and wipe. All right, man. Thanks. That's high praise. And uh, hey, let's go have a day. See ya. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.